Hello. Sorry, what I wanted to say was first coffee, which is a stupid routine, but it works. Or maybe I wanted to say, hello and welcome to spiritual advice from a barbarian lunatic. And then I said first coffee, and then I said maybe I thought of saying first coughing. <coughs> or maybe first coffin, you know, a dead man's chest.
think one has to accept it.
several things at the same time and that sometimes the way you feel upon waking up is wow I thought I spilled it but I had a, a lid on top which probably saved me wow there's so much clutter here it's actually not that much but it's clutter and it's a nice word other than people I just don't like it. You know, what would be a better word? People. Ple. I don't like the pull. It sounds stupid. People. 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 All the people in the world. That I like much better. So today is episode number two. It's still the 16th because now it's sometime like 10 o'clock. It's nice. I earned that. I did a lot of shit yesterday. I mean, shit in terms of transformation. But you start with shit and then you may get something that you find somewhat revealing. And now I woke up and I put on a sweater. And yesterday I had this feeling, right? It's like, yeah, I got this second hand basically. And then I often have this feeling of somebody wore it before me. But I washed it. And then I said, you know, you just got it. Why don't you just wear it with that feeling? You know, it's a new sweater. You know, welcome home or something. Hey, this is your apartment. Instead of, 
You know, it's not really mine because my parents are paying it. They could take it away from me. Yeah, then so be it. I mean, there's a reason why I did not. I mean, I did a lot, but not like a lot, lot. I didn't buy any furniture. I just took what we had. You know, I didn't buy a kitchen. I just put things on top and you can see it on my channel because I'm so super transparent. Right? It's like... I don't know what that means. Yeah, that is... Hot. I'm stuck if this... Do what you can, right? Start with what you can. Yeah, so this is today. I just woke up. And... You know, it's not my daily routine anymore, but I felt bloated and full. Most of all, I wanted to eat pancakes. But the reason I couldn't eat it was fairly simple. I felt too full. And I really enjoy silence, I have to admit. I was listening to music for some time, but right now it's just too much. So we were talking about the four stages of bliss. And just to recap what was going on in that direction. You know, it's hard because, you know, I don't make notes usually, except for sometimes, you know, making schedules. But in this case, you know, what can you say? It was asking questions, finding answers. And then, you know, transitioning through various stages of letting go. And because each each question and each answer, right, it's like, one question may have several answers, and you may get one today, and then five years later you get another one, which builds up on that. And all the experiences you made in the meantime, which partly helped you to understand whatever you were asking on a much deeper level, right? And so you're kind of sliding into this and I feel like it never stops. But I also don't want it to stop. I want this to continue because now I've made it a habit and I like it and I feel like I know what I'm doing to a certain degree, certainly. At least I'm still here. Which means there's something I'm doing right, especially because I also managed to maintain a somewhat yeah, sturdy, I wanted to say coincidental. Because sometimes it's a bit like coincidence what I'm doing, right? I don't know beforehand what I'm going to speak about. I don't know beforehand, you know, for some people they drink a coffee, then they sit down and then they write emails or something. It's like downsizing them. So they at least have an idea of what project to come. But of course, every email you get might be this really intense thing. 
or it might be just shit, whatever you say, right? But, you know, when I stand up, there's nothing. I mean, I like it that way. I always hated alarms because they just rip you out of your sleep. It's the worst thing that can happen to you to be awoken by an alarm. And I realized that you actually can wake up intuitively. And you can also make plans to wake up, right? You know, I've, I have this. Plus, when I know I have to wake up, you know, I'm not going to get drunk the evening before. And even if I do, if it's important, I will wake up. Which is why school was like semi-important. So I always woke up. But I also came late quite a lot. You know, if it's important, I'll be on time. And if it's important, I don't say, you know, chill. I say, okay, what else can we do? So I don't get that where everybody always constantly tells me to chill. I mean, they can be happy that I have this to do. Otherwise, I would be on their doorstep constantly. Wow, this is my life elixir. I'm a bit afraid of smoking now. But I also feel like... Because I sometimes, quite often, especially when I smoke in the morning, you know, I start feeling a bit nauseous. Because whatever you're working with, energy comes through the stomach, of course. And sometimes I just like to keep these episodes a bit loose. Because we've already talked about the four stages of bliss. And then we were transitioning through letting go into acceptance. And then came bliss, possibly. And then, you know, because just bliss is too boring, you know... You sprinkle it with madness, right? That's why I drink coffee. That's why I smoke. But not only. Madness is there. Right? Madness is there. So if you take me... Wow. I just have this feeling of disgust inside of me. I'm full with stuff. I would say shit. But I also realize that it's not just food. It's some kind of emotion. And whatever you're holding always feels like... Because if nobody's there, you're going to project it onto yourself. It might be that I'm disgusted that my room is a bit unclean. It's possible. It might be somebody else's feeling that I'm feeling. I'm trying to let go of it. Because if somebody's disgusted of me, they're disgusted of themselves, but they project it onto me from a distance and they think I make them angry. Because maybe I didn't come to see them or something. 
So yeah, I start to see more clearly what is going on, or maybe more accurate would be to say, I manage to distinguish different feelings from one another, and I'm able to separate myself. And now smoking certainly helps me because it alleviates me from all this suffering. But when I smoke, I have to realize that there are times where I will suffer. And I cannot just smoke all the time because I'm just hanging around loosely in the air. And one of the things that you have to do and that you certainly can do is accept suffering. I didn't expect that. Maybe I did. You know, I've said it already. Just repeating myself. Maybe that's a good start. Good morning, by the way. Oh no, for you it's like whenever. Maybe it's the night. Or maybe it's never. Who knows? But if it's never, you would never hear me. Maybe that would be sad. But I've heard myself, and that's okay. And maybe that's why I do podcasting, because I just want to hear myself. And I realize that with the abilities I've been given, I would be suffocated in a normal work environment, because I've tried many times, and it never worked, because they always... It wasn't just them, it was also me. I just didn't want to do it. And you could even go so far as saying, I cannot do it, because if I do it, I'm going to die. You know, I'm not just somebody that accepts easily. I first have to try, right? I have to see what's possible. No, now it says, keep smoking, it's fine. What's that supposed to mean? And then it says, if you keep smoking... You're gonna get high. But sometimes I feel I'm already high. I mean, that's like half a truth. <clears throat> and maybe I have to make a truce with myself. Which is a bit of a spoiler, but that's so far away, you won't even remember until it's there. Right, so... There's a number of things that you can consider doing in your life. But it's easiest to just do the things that keep you in bliss. But it won't always work. Because suffering is always there. And you see it wherever you go. Even when you stay at home, you feel suffering. You know it's there, right? And that keeps you maybe a bit humble. Because you know it, you know it could be worse. So you live your life in a way that allows you to smile, and that's the challenge. Because people might smile to themselves, but I rarely find people that give me a smile. I've even had people that criticized me for smiling. Because they're uncertain. And because their view of the world is like, you know, it's shit and depressed. And I have to be miserable. And then when they see someone that smiles, they get like, cautious. You know, irritated. Why does he smile? He's probably laughing about me. 
right? I once smiled when somebody gave me money while I was working as a cashier in the cinema. He was like, why are you smiling? It's like, what the fuck, man? You're coming here. Can I not smile? Do you think that money is mine? Maybe I'm just smiling for something else. And then I stopped. I should have said, because getting in contact with people makes me happy and then he would have felt ashamed. It would have been a good response. Because he managed to take my smile away. But he also showed me that sometimes you have to hide it a little. I mean, if you really like something, people constantly try to take this away from me. They say I should do other work. I should do what they do. And they're trying to take it away from me. But sometimes I also feel like they're just testing me, right? Somehow I feel like I want to stand. I also feel like I want to dance. But at the moment, I'm doing what I can do to raise awareness, certainly, but also to keep content coming because I believe that there's value in it. And when there's value in something and people start to appreciate it, then there's money in it as well. So I'm not just doing these things because I just want to have fun. I've been... Yeah, I've been given responsibility for a dream. And because I have I have received certain visions, it's my respons- responsibility to take care of myself enough so that I can do what I can do in order to manifest that dream together with others. Because it's shared dreaming and that's what I wanted to say with that movie Inception, right? You know, we are all in a shared dream, which doesn't make it less real or something. But that's the problem you have to deal with, the fear of, you know, nothing's real. But it doesn't matter as long as it feels real and it feels real. So if you sit around doing nothing because you think, oh, I live in the Matrix and it's all fake, or I just live in Maya and, you know, I only have to die to wake up. Then you fail to see what life is trying to teach you, which is, does it really matter? Because you're feeling something, right? And that's what it's about. And maybe the reason why you feel miserable is just because you haven't figured it out yet. What you want to do... But it's more specifically, what can you do? Like, can you build a house? Right? It's like, what did you do as a child? I played with Lego. You know, some people did other things. But I liked Lego. I like building things and inventing stories, right? I had this Playmobil Knight's Castle. And I was always, right, saving the maiden. I think. Yeah, there was always some kind of love relationship. And I was this kind of Robin Hood figure. 
That's interesting because I was always the dark knight. I was never the page or anything. You know, I was the guy who was leading a group of people into battle to save someone or rescue someone or do something. And other people did other things. I never really played with cars. I played with people. That's interesting because I'm still doing that. You know, I'm playing with myself but also with others in a way. And that what makes me a little bit cheeky because if it gets boring, you know, I start to irritate people to get them out of themselves. And then I just have to be careful, you know, that it doesn't backfire with a knife into my belly or something, right? So also, you know, you do have to be a bit careful yourself. Because some people don't want to play or they don't know how to play or the only way they know how to play is in a violent way. Because they're afraid and they think they have to protect themselves about people that laugh about them, which is stupid, of course, because you know, why do you care if somebody laughs? Because if somebody laughs about you, what does that say about them, right? It's like they're trying to look down on you. But that only works if you're basically sharing their perspective, you know, and then it really strikes home. Or you just see it as, you know, you know, I'm mirroring you something else. <clears throat> you know, it just says, just push this thing through, right? You know, just keep going, just keep going. And I'm constantly rendering videos in the background. And I'm also making art. You know, I already have pre-made sketches that I still have to do on the computer, which I'm going to do soon. And you see, I wake up and I have something to do. You know, yeah, I can clean my apartment right now, but that's not what I want because I know I'll be meeting a friend later in the park. And the weather seems nice and a bit cool, which is nice and cool. I just prepared a batch of tea, a fresh batch of tea, and I still use ginger leafy black tea from like a Turkish shop. I could even tell you the brand. I think I might even do that. And it's hard for me at this stage whether anybody's interested, but I am, and that's good. Tanai, T-A-N-A-Y, and then Cylon, and I like it, can't say if it's good, but I picked it up, you know, I paid, that's ridiculous, for one kilo seven euros, and then you're wondering if it's really good, but I have the feeling it's good, it certainly does something, if I would have paid more money, I may drink it a little less, but that's what I have at the moment, and I like it, and it keeps me going, and it doesn't give me stomach cramps. So sure, why not, man?
And now I drank the coffee. I wish it was larger. But it's all right. You use what you have, you do what you can. So you first have to sort out your life in a way. I mean, what can you do? Let's say you awaken to some kind of truth or spiritual knowledge. And you realize that things are a little bit different from what you maybe thought they would be as a child. And now you're older and you realize you've kind of lost that, you know, wide-eyed, ignorant, fool, you know, that was imagining life to be like a fairy tale. And then you got sucked into other people's way of seeing life and living life and you started to become a little bit more miserable because you identified with the way other people feel or think or live and you've been shown it a certain way and then you think you know when did I feel good and then you realize okay I felt good when I was doing things but what can I do all right, I studied and I wrote dissertations and when the message came through, write a book about fear, I was like, I can do this. But first there was the question, you know, it says, first there was also the resolution, I only want to do what I want to do and then came the question, what am I supposed to do? You know, I really asked it. You know, I said it out loud into spirit. You know, it wasn't just that you say it once. It's because you hold this wish of, I want to contribute. You know, I want to do something that, you know, gives me a meaning and a message or a purpose and that may connect other people to me because what I really want is to create ripples, to induce change, to dissolve boundaries, and to make it easy for people to follow me. But only, and that's what I like about the way I'm doing it, right? I'm not writing a book, you know, Five Steps to Enlightenment. I might but that would probably be a 1,000 page book and then I would really take a piss on it, you know, that, you know, there are no real five stages and that's probably fifth stage. It's like, you know, madness. You always know it could be different if you screw up, which means that at one point, you know, the straight edge philosophy becomes somewhat teasing. Because you think if I stop now with smoking and if I stop now with drinking coffee, you know, and I just live a very good and pure life and I sit around and I meditate all day and, you know, I read like spiritually enlightening books, then you may start to try and identify with the way other people are doing it because if you look in my library you know there's like lord of the rings 
There's the His Dark Materials series, which I think I would like to use for this recording. There's Terry Pratchett. You know, I, I gave a bit up on him. I listened to an interview and I saw he had a lisp. I heard it better. Maybe you also saw it. And then I thought, like, who's that guy? But he made good stuff. But sometimes it's a little bit too far away from me. That's why my books are a bit more grounded and deal with, you know, day-to-day -day things and the way I see my life or feel it. And that's why I would say one of my favorite books that I wrote is actually Truly False. I wanted to say Letters to the Government, which is the first novel in the... Um, Prison Planet Chronicles. And that's the beauty about what I feel, you know, what I'm doing. Because I can take what I receive and I make something out of it that's absolutely possible, right? It's like Harry Potter. Yeah, not really. Elements of it are certainly partly truth. But if you look for truth in something like Harry Potter, you're going to read the whole book and you're going to have like very few deep insights, I would say. And if you listen to Joseph Campbell, and I'm constantly forgetting the way it's called, you know, I know it's something with myth, and I know it's been released or it will be released on the 26th of August. It has been released on my YouTube channel. But it's also somebody here. Maybe it's Symbology of Myth. I just saw it again. It's just gone. You know, I could just look it up. Because what can I do at the moment? I can be a little bit more specific with the way I want things to be. The power of myth. Jesus, that was a hard one. Not so much, but... Disgusted and forced him to return to their mother's womb, whereupon an indignant Gaia set out to make him pay for the insult. When Uranus came to their bedroom for his usual favors, she recruited one of their sons to make a sickle, and together... They took from Uranus what he was most unwilling to give up and dropped the bloody thing in the sea. The lesson was not lost on the Greeks. It isn't nice to fool with Mother Nature. Joseph Campbell liked that story and told it to me when we were talking one day about how patriarchal authority finally removed the goddess from the pantheon of imagination. Somehow, the old guys figured that if they wanted to control the world, they had to change the metaphors, and the goddess had to go. She remained the symbol of fertility, crucial to humanity's survival, but no equal, except rarely in the exercise of power. So, right, deities and gods, they always change. I'm trying to be worshipped, there's no doubt about that. 
know, because I realized I see myself as a god, which means that if I do something, I create something. Which means that if I walk around shaming people and hating them and, you know, taking a piss on them and, you know, they're going to worship me in a kind of hateful way, right? You know, who's that fucker? We're going to kill him. Because people are kind of like cannibals, right? They're like eating each other energetically. like I broke through to something you know I really like reading and I occasionally read and I want to read something from the subtle knife and I like it it's like a mashup I don't have to do a whole audiobook but to be honest I may still do it I think that's a nice project that I can be working on it's just the different the difficulty that I feel is you know, am I supposed to read the whole book at once? Or am I just supposed to... You know, I'm sometimes a little bit confused about how to go on about doing this. You know, how much effort, but it's basically do what you like. And I often feel like, you know, when I read, but I liked it. I really enjoyed reading The Last Unicorn. It was a great book, but I never read it before. And I think once in a while I would just like to read a book and then release it. And I certainly wouldn't start with The Subtle Knife. I would start, of course, with The Golden Compass. And there's so much love in these books. And that's why at the moment I'm not writing because I feel like I have no mind for it. And I've written so much already. I mean, Letters to the Government is like, that's my first novel. It's a novel or the attempt to a novel. Because it's still in parts autobiographic which probably all writing is. But let's say if you read, for example, Harry Potter from a female perspective, or if you consider that Joanne K. Rowling is a female, a woman, but she invented the Harry Potter figure, which is a male hero, which may be either inspired by people she met along her life, you know, young boys that just want to do good and that are so pure in a sense, you know, that, you know, everybody kind of also likes them. You know, Harry Potter, you know, sure, he had an enemy, but he didn't have, you know, he also had, you know, he had a lot of supporters in the end. Because at first nobody was sure, right? Is he really good? Is he bad? So if you know the books, and I've read them many times, many times, they can actually assist you in your spiritual enlightenment. You know, Because I've read Harry Potter so many times, the images of that series just spring up to me. Sometimes even involuntary, and most of the times. 
But just if I concern myself with the symbol of Harry Potter, what he stands for, the way he lives his life, you know, he lives a life of action. So in that sense, he's a Kshatriya. That's a term I picked up from Ramdas, which means he's a warrior, which means that, you know, as a warrior, you have a kind of a purpose and something you need to do in this life, which is your hero story. And there are often many things connected to them, which means there are certain realizations that you need before you awaken. Oh yeah, that's what I was here to do. And that's of course scary because you think, why did I forget it and can I forget it again? And the realization I've made is that once you've awakened and you know what your purpose is, the only thing that stops you from doing it is doing it. So it's only you that can stop this thing becoming a reality, which is why if you've ever had the feeling that being a father or a mother or having children and having a loving relationship is something that would be nice to achieve, then having the vision is one part. And that's, of course, when we get to what can you do. Well, what can you do? What are your abilities? I spent years figuring out what I'm good at. And it was only when I was given that message, write the book about fear, that I first started to awaken to the idea that I can do something. I was already doing the podcast at that time, but not in an organized fashion. I was just recording and releasing, right? However, it came to me. And sometimes the sheer amount of data I have created scares me a little because I'm afraid to lose it. I'm saving it on a hard drive and I make sure I don't just carry it around everywhere so that it you know, remains intact. And these things are, these old hard drives are nearly indestructible unless you just shake them and throw them around. But if it's just a matter of having it and storing files on it, right, it's like they preserve data in a very, very good way. But, you know, I once thought about having my own server. But if you have your own server, then you have to maintain it. And if you have to maintain it, that means that you're responsible. Because what does a server do? A server is a collection of singular hard drives. And they constantly back each other up. Which is why you upload something to the server and then, you know, it's like a hub where several hard drives are connected. So you upload something and then the server automatically makes a backup to another one so that if one breaks, you still have one. And I have no idea how these things are maintained. I mean, that's like very very complicated 
So I realized, you know, I'm the guy that likes that there are services available because if I have a server, I also have to worry about internet connection, I have to worry about hardware, I have to worry about electricity because if there's no electricity, then my server doesn't work. And, you know, if there's like lightning, you know, st lightning strike or something, you know, I might just lose all my data. But if you pay for online storage to save your files, then they probably took care of that. But there's still no guarantee because let's say you have like, let's just go a bit like outrageous, two terabytes of online storage. And you have, you know, let's say it's full, right? Well, you'll probably have to start deleting at some point. Or you can just pile up more and more storage. It's just a lot of dead weight. Plus, let's say the company suddenly goes bankrupt. And then they say, hey, here's sorry, but you have to move. You know, it's going to be a lot of effort. How are you going to transfer that? You know, they may give you like one of these, you know, move your storage storage to another host. But, you know, while copying things might break, files might break. I think files don't just last for eternity. They can also be corrupted and stuff because, you know, the Internet isn't like a static thing. It's basically just energy. And because I know I've uploaded something, you know, other people can access it. Right? It's like, and then it's available and then people can pick into it or pick it up and do something with it. But it's basically just something for the mind, right? It's not something to physically engage with. It's just something that can show you something else from somebody else. So what the internet really is, it's just like, you know, space to connect because we forgot how to do this telepathically or at least we forgot how to consciously connect through telepathy because the connection is always there. I mean, you've been born into a family first connection plus you're connected to nature. So if you're sitting at home alone and you feel like you're longing for something, you know, try nature and that's going to scare you because holy shit, I love being in nature. But then you realize, okay, when I'm in nature, I'm not recording and I'm not creating content, which seems to be my purpose because I'm good at it and I can do it. And then you've studied for nine years and then everybody thinks you're going to be an engineer or a scientist or work for the city or something. And then you say, I want to make art. It's like, what the heck? You've studied for nine years and then you make art? You know, get a real job, man. Whoa, have you ever done what I'm doing, my friend? You know, I mean, I know how much work I put into it and I know the story I started to tell was I invited a dog into my space and I was smoking fly agraric, dried fly agraric with sage, 
And I'd never really done that before. And I have to say, you know, I felt really good. But I'm afraid if I do it again, I won't feel that way again. Because the mushrooms are a bit older now, but maybe it's enough to connect me to the spirit, right? Maybe that's what matters. You know, I know how to get there. And maybe I'm just living it all the time. But what I liked at the moment when I felt it was the difference to how I normally feel. And I felt safe in that space, absolutely safe. But it might be that if I smoke again now, I will feel different and then I would be disappointed. But, you know, because the more you enlighten, you know, the less difference you will feel to, right, if I smoke psychedelics, you know, I usually don't feel that much different from how I normally feel because I've done a lot of cleansing, which is why, you know, I'm quite high already. Also grounded, but you know what I mean. You know, it's not like it used to be that it just shoots me into whatever. I'm already in this whatever. Or at least I know that it's there all the time. It makes me sad sometimes that I can't go back to the way things were. But yeah, you know, the thing is I can but it might be a little bit different. And now sadness comes, and I know that's also somebody else. You know, I feel it, and it's real for me, but I feel like this sadness is actually coming from elsewhere. Because I'm... I'm not sure if I'm a really sad kid. I'm actually... like... I was always kind of like a bit easygoing, also minding my own business. Sometimes I try to tell people how to do things and then they got irritated and then they told me how to do things and then I got irritated. Or actually, sometimes people told me how to do things, I did them like that. But then while I was doing it, you know, I was sprinkling it with my own way of doing it. And sometimes people didn't like that, but my mind just works like that. I mean, there's a reason I wanted to know how to solve the Rubik's Cube. And now that I know how to solve it, I sometimes feel like it gets boring and I want to know new algorithms. But what I realize also is that I think it's not really in my abilities to, you know, invent entirely new things. Because I always have to build up on what's already there and right, it's like I have analytical abilities, but I'm also really impatient, so I want to get shit done. Which is why I look at this Rubik's Cube, I know how to solve it, right? I mean this one with the three by three uh columns, rows stuff, or the three by three pattern or setup. So now I know how to solve it, but there's no challenge if you know how to solve it, because I've done it often enough, you don't just forget it. So the only way of making it like another challenge is to introduce new algorithms into my repertoire of algorithms that I already know. 
which is why you know if I would add one algorithm for something you know I can start applying it maybe I just have to do that but that's the thing you know at one point you also get a little bit lazy because you think you know I can do it already what's the point because it's gonna get boring also and then I have to learn a new algorithm and at one point you just know them and then you solve it in five seconds or something I don't know what the record is probably three and a half or two points yeah it's a bit fast but there are people that are incredibly fast you know they just look at the whole thing and then they start like done you know is that fun I mean it's like how the heck does that work you know you don't even remember you know I like to take my time I don't have to do this in two seconds you know there's a reason why I like the idea of Tantra because and I know I will like it because it's about taking time with another being in the form of a woman you know it's taking time together which is why Tantra will be basically my life it's not just you know sometimes I do Tantra no I do it all the time I preserve energy but I also channel it into something right no Tantra is a whole set of things and methods and in the end it's just meditation and not just with meditation right it's just like that's how it is but it is hers said will honestly she's shown it to me I know it's hers you see I think you'd have to prove that he said I don't have to prove anything because it's in my possession it's assumed to be mine like all the other items in my collection I must say Lyra I'm surprised to find you so dishonest I am dishonest Lyra cried oh but you are you told me your name was Lizzie now I learn it's something else frankly you haven't got a hope of convincing anyone that a precious piece like this belongs to you I tell you what let's call the police he turned his head to call for the servant no wait said will blah blah because you know right it's like if somebody confronts you with the truth that you know he or she is dishonest there's always a bit of a letdown but that's also an, an awakening it's like oh crap you know, I thought this person was someone else and that can go both ways you may demonize someone and realize he's a friend or you may you know worship them and then realize they're screwing you it's hard to say right sometimes you just have a good feeling about something or it's just a feeling and you think it's good but it was maybe a feeling that excited you and you mistake it for something else because if you've never been that excited you know it might actually scare you it's possible and then you may even want to destroy it because you know why can he feel like that and I feel the way I feel and then I may feel inclined to give you know the shit that I feel to the person that felt like you know I actually wanted to feel like this and that's then how you would destroy them 
and try to take for yourself what they have. But then you would feel incredible shame. Yeah, there's like this kind of energetic murder. And that's what I felt like was being done to me in school to a certain degree. It's like beating me to a pulp with a constant amount of no, 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 and false, and false, and false, and error, and error. But that's basically what sums up my relationships so far. It's just like wrong, 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 and then suddenly right. And then you start a fight. So what can you do right now? Let's just say you have what you have. You are where you are. Right? You also have a job. Maybe you have family. You have friends. You have a social network. Stuff like that. You have certain habits. Well, then you have to look at all these things that are a part of your life at the moment, you know, one by one. And then ask yourself, is that what I want? Maybe you're smoking cigarettes or cannabis. You just start asking questions. Is that what I want? You know, to smoke every day? Do I like this? How can it be if I stop smoking for a month? And this way you will find answers. But you're backing up your answers with experiences. This is how I feel when I smoke. This is how I feel when I don't smoke. And then you will probably start smoking again or you will never smoke again. But once you've started smoking again, you will get back into this. Wait, do I like this? Does it really help me? Because it can also make you tired. And then you continue to figure out these things because your life is specific, just as mine, right? I've been given certain abilities and I realize that I can do certain things because I've already done things. So I realized I can write dissertations and people did tell me that I have a good way of writing. But the experience I've made with writing was more like a negative one. Because first off, in school, I often received bad grades. Because maybe they were jealous, or maybe what I was doing was really bad. They just didn't like my style. And then you start giving up. You just think, you know, it doesn't matter what I do because it's shit anyway. Every time I do something, people say it's shit. And then you either suck up to this or you say... It's like the story of Naruto, right? Everybody always, you know, whatever he did, it didn't matter how good it was or how much he struggled because all they saw was this... You know, guy with a demon inside. I've got a demon inside. You know, it's quite scary. But I like him. You know, I've got a lot of light. I've got a big shadow. Sometimes I show people light. Sometimes I show them a bit of my shadow. 
you know, and then they leave. I've had it a lot now. But they also may get scared of my light because it burns away their shadow. You know, I can show people both. And that's what I choose, right? I'm like always one step away from, you know, I can also be different, right? You know, I can switch to being nice and being distant from being very close and in your face. Because I don't have to cling to one or the other. And that's what I realize I can do. You know, I can manage boundaries. I can expand myself. I can be small, I can be big. And that's something that I learned from Will. Let's just use the words of somebody else. Because I realized that's something I can do. just a second You see, Will has been born into a situation where he basically has no father and a mother that kind of, yeah, went bonkers or just lost it a little. Or it's just living like up in the air. Because she, it's probably, you know, that's like what dementia is, trying to get away from this worldly thing and then your body becomes kind of inanimate while the spirit may be fine. And then you're happy up in this world and then people come and they wash you and they say, why don't you speak? And then they cause problems for you and you say, well, whatever. A lot of old people are actually enlightened and they're being shoved off into old people homes and they wither away and die. While if you had them with children, you know, they could spread their enlightenment. Okay, I want to go to a place... All right. Will heard a hideous crack and didn't stop to wonder about it. He swung himself down the banisters, leaping over the man's body and that lay twitching and crumpled at the foot of the flight, seized the tattered shopping bag from the table and was out of the front door and away before the other man could do more than come out of the living room and stare. It's very well written, these books. Very well written. His dark materials, like, go for it. And just look for truth, right? What remembers you of your own life? 
Even in his fear and haste, Will wondered why the other man didn't shout after him or chase him. They'd be after him soon, though with their cars and their cell phones, the only thing to do was run. But he knows what to do. And he also had to learn like this. Now I just want to... There's also this thing, he couldn't get out of his mind the crack as the man's head had struck the table. You know, it's a bit of a spoiler here. You know, Will had first realized his mother was different from other people and that he had to look after her when he was seven. Think about it. He had to look after her. Because he wanted to be with her, which was then... You know, what can he do? He can take care of her so that they won't separate them. That's a very honorable way of living your life. And it toughens you up. They were in a supermarket and they were playing a game. They were only allowed to put an item in the card when no one was looking. It was Will's job to look all around and whisper now. And she would snatch a tin or a packet from the shelf and put it silently in the card. When things were in there, they were safe because they became invisible. It was a good game and it went on for a long time because this was a Saturday morning and the shop was full. But they were good at it and worked well together. They trusted each other. Will loved his mother very much and often told her so and she told him the same. So when they reached the checkout, Will was excited and happy because they nearly won. And when his mother couldn't find her purse, that was part of the game too, even when she said the enemies must have stolen it. But Will was getting tired by this time, and hungry too, and mummy wasn't so happy anymore, she was really frightened. And they went round and round, putting things back on the shelves. But this time they had to be extra careful, because the enemies were tracking them down by means of her credit card numbers which they knew because they had her purse. And she was probably telling the truth, right, if you know the story a bit. And Will got more and more frightened himself. He realized how clever his mother had been to make this real danger into a game so that he wouldn't be alarmed. And how now that he knew the truth, he had to pretend not to be frightened so as to reassure her. So the little boy pretended it was a game still, so he didn't have to worry that he was frightened and they went home without any shopping but safe from the enemies. And then Will found the purse on the hall table anyway. Which says she really lost the purse. She was telling the truth, people were probably watching her. She just didn't know how to deal with it. Or she was trying to teach her son, man, you know, there's something coming for you. And that's how these teachings go, right? That's why what you can do is looking at your past and finding clues to how your life has been going thus far. And that's something you can do and that's something that everybody can do and all you have to do to do it is start. Which is maybe why some people never start is because they feel like they have no time. Because this is something that will occupy you for the rest of your life, basically. To figure out what's going on, what you can do. This kind of stuff. And then you're either devoted to it, 
or you're just like, yeah. But if life wants you to do something, believe me, it will get so uncomfortable until you get it done. That you will say, okay, I'm going to do it. That's how I feel, right? You know, I felt like every time I was doing things that I knew I wasn't supposed to do, but I just said, you know, I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm just going to see how far I can get, get away with this. Yeah, until it's getting really uncomfortable. And then you say, all right, I'm going to stay home. And I'm going to make content because, you know, I'm not like everybody else. I don't enjoy talking about stupid things like cars, really. You know, I enjoy talking about things that I want to talk about. But yeah, in the end, of course, the fear is in her mind. But this boy has been basically forced, not forced. He had the opportunity to take responsibility and he seized it. Because he felt that this is something I can do. It was never really a question of whether to do it. He just realized that's what I can do. Right? And what they also talk about here is his ability to shrink, you know, to hide, to make himself invisible. And I know how to do that, how to hide your presence. But it only works to a certain degree. It only works to a certain degree, right? But it works you become you can become like a cloud if you know how to conceal yourself which is why which brings me back to harry potter you know you don't need a wand you just need intention right if you have the intention to hide for whatever reason it may be subconscious you're gonna hide and i had the intention to hide as a child because people were using me for themselves which is why I could never do what I wanted as a child there was always a cost so if I want to do what I want to do then I have to pay the price that's how it is you know you want a certain form of energy well how much are you willing to invest you want to have a wife you know, that you love, like a wife that's beautiful to you, and you want to have a wife that only wants you, really worships you, and you worship her, and you want to have children together and live like gods, but like, you know, kind of like in a humanoid form. Because animals are gods as well. So are trees, so are stones, right? We're all gods, and that's what we have to realize, and it's very hard if I engage with plants, for example. Sometimes they scare me a little. It's like, you know, like weeds, 
not in the sense of Mary Jane kind of cannabis weed, but like what we consider to be weeds. Like the stinging nettle is a very powerful spirit, one of the most powerful ones, like mint, ginger. These things are powerful plant spirits that are so like clean, basically that they can keep like infections away from themselves and i mean the ginger root isn't just for itself it's also giving it off into the environment i believe and sometimes there's an imbalance it's like because you're dirty. And whatever dirt is, you know, it's just stuff that's stuck. So you have to clean it. Yeah, I have no time, I think, to clean today because there are other things I have to do. What? Right now I'm working through something and everything I did before seems so far away because I've done a lot of things. But it's not just that I make an image. It's the emotion that I transform with it and the intention that I follow to produce the image, which is to raise funds, basically. To raise funds. For what I have been shown, I can contribute to. Which is the Love Our Children Foundation. Which doesn't have to be like an official foundation. But it just has to be something that people can connect with. And, you know, work with suffering rather than trying to push it away. Because that's what people do that, you know, they go home, they drink alcohol, they party... You know, they do New Year's Eve. That's basically trying to run away from suffering. Which is not a bad thing. But I, you know, I'd rather do it on a daily basis. So I found methods that allow me to kind of arise out of suffering and into this doing, enjoying thing. Which is why I'm about to eat. This was only... Oh, it's already 1 hour 20 minutes. Holy crap. I thought it was... This was nothing. Wow. You know, time is relative and so are you. So if you feel relatively shit... Right, and it's like, okay, what perspective is creating that? Okay, I think that's good. All right. You know, what can you do? I think I've said it. I lost it at the time. You know, you have to look for these opportunities in your own life.
And next week I'm going to be talking about something else. And... Let's see. You know, it's still Thursday, 2 o'clock, according to some kind of time zone. Doesn't matter. Somewhere around then. And... You know, I like this. Once a week. But I'm also looking for a service that allows me to upload WAV files. I'm going to check if Acast's pro plan, and that's why I like also recording these episodes now already, because I can just prepare myself so I don't have to save them really. Yeah, I'm going to see. All right. Cheers. Be free. I sometimes want to say, because this is the end of the episode, feel free to contact me if you have ideas or something. But like, also realize that I have no idea if there will be an increasing number of people writing to me. But I assume that there might be. I'm keeping my email address fairly private and making it hard for people to contact me. But it's just mail at christopher-roish.com if you feel like you want to say something. If you give me an idea, there's no point in taking, taking credit for it because I'm the one that manifested it. I still may be grateful that you give me an idea. But if you have an idea, why don't you make it yourself? Which is why if you send me ideas, I'm probably going to tell you how are you going to manifest it. So I could assist you with that. Or you just do it yourself by listening to what I say, how I do things, and then figure it out in your own way. And this is what you absolutely can do. And it's an invitation for you to do it. Because that's the thing, you know, do it. Do it. Whatever it is that you want to do, do it. And that's what you can do. Doing it. If you start, you know, you're going to continue. Because that's the problem I have. You know, I started... And now it's easier to just keep going than to completely invent myself anew. You know, there are certain things that work for me because I figured them out. And I make sure that I do these things in order to give myself what I feel or need or want or, right? Desire to have or whatever. But I always have a focus where I want to get which is why when I make a choice somebody asks me a question do you want this and then some people say immediately yes or no and I say wait a second and then I stay silent for a while I say I just have to go within myself and then I put it on the scale of my heart and I say okay do I want this you know do I say yes or no And then sometimes it gets to, you know, 
sometimes I reject things. Somebody asks me, do you want to eat this? Do you want to drink this beer? And I say, yes, no, no. no rather, if I want to drink beer, you know, I would just buy my own. At the moment, I feel like it would weaken me. Alcohol is something for an evening where it's time to relax and not just to drink all the time. You know, there has to be an occasion, I feel like. I feel like now it's okay to drink and then you're going to really enjoy it. And then the next day you will feel like, I want to drink again. But if you drink every day, then... Yeah, it's the same with smoking. But I can handle smoking better than drinking, that's for sure. Anyway, yeah, I don't know if there's a point in saying thank you for listening. Because, you know, thank you also for recording this and uploading it to myself. Good job, Christopher. You know, that's what you can do also. Say it to yourself. Which is already a lead over to next week. That's it. Pride.